All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Thursday, April 1st, April Fool's. I've been seeing a lot of different things out in the news that some is real, some is fake. I don't know what to believe uh, on April Fool's Day, but I just go with it. I've seen, you know, players like Kuna Guerrero sign with like 10 different teams. I've seen, you know, breaking news like Carlos Vela is no longer with LAFC. You know, th- tons and tons of things uh, going on. But hey, it's been a great April Fool's Day. Uh, for me, and I hope it's going on, going well for you guys as well. And obviously, as you guys know, Thursdays nights, and when we dedicate and we talk black and gold, we talk LAFC, and here to help me talk all things black and gold, we got the defenders of the bank. How we doing, guys? Well, we got one defender of the bank. We got the scarf, and then we'll have <laughs> Philly. Philly join us because he's big time now. Yeah, look, Philly is about six feet to my left watching the overtime of the Ontario Fury uh, Kansas City Comets indoor soccer match right now, but he's he's right there. He he was looking longingly over at us right now, Gio. So I think uh, see here he here he comes. Wait, there All he right. is. My head, There's big time. Many things going on. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, man, for, happy to be here. We we got a lot to talk about for sure. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. Of course, and for those listening, uh, Philly's big time now. So he does a play-by-play uh, for Ontario Fury, which is amazing, and we'll definitely get into it. But he has to watch the game right now, and it happened to go to overtime in the middle of us starting the podcast. So we're not we're not going to hold him to that. We still love him. We still care about him. But we'll let him watch the game, and he'll come within, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or whenever, whenever he joins the pod. Uh, you know, talk about LAFC, but we got we got the scarf here. The scarf's gonna help us break things down and talk all things black and gold. Absolutely, brother. Again, thank you so much for having us on. It was a fun April Fool's Day. My favorite English Premier League team, AFC Richmond, loaned a player out to uh, Sporting Kansas City today, Danny Rojas. So that, life. that was kind of fun seeing the uh, the Apple TV star Danny Rojas making it over to the M- to MLS this year. So that was my favorite. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I and I and I, and I thought and I thought that was that was hilarious because I've seen some of the show. I've seen like three episodes, so I'm not, I haven't finished the whole season. But I, I thought that oh, was really great. I thought that was amazing, and and it's it, it, that show has won so many awards. Didn't didn't it just win like so many different awards? Yeah, and it's up for all kinds of stuff coming up too. I mean, it was it it was really what helped us get through COVID. I mean, that show was fantastic. So well, really. you can't forget about the Tiger King. The Tiger King kind of like set us up for COVID to begin. See, it did. I, I, Tiger King. Goal, <laughs> it was, was good. The, uh, the Gordon Doctor Last Dance. That was it for me. The oh, last dance. Oh, Last Dance. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like a progression. You got the Lion King and Carol Baskin. Tiger King. I said a lot. He did. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that too. That was on Disney Plus. So Disney Plus also helped us out. So, hey, shout out to Disney Plus. I, you know, I, I couldn't afford Disney Plus. I thought that I couldn't afford it. I, I don't really watch that many Disney stuff. And I was like, I knew it was titled like ESPN and all the subscription. Uh, I was just like too many. My, 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 I'm like giving my money away to too many of these streaming networks. And I'm just like, you know right. what? I need, I, need, I, need, I need a cut back. I'll, I'll stay with the Netflix and Apple TV and, you know, all these different things. But I, I actually found... Uh, a website or an application when you can get all this stuff for free. So I probably shouldn't be promoting the podcast, but if you guys want to know, message me, direct, DM me, and I'll send we'll you guys the DMs link. later on. <laughs> yeah, get in the DMs and I'll send you guys a link. I don't know. I don't know if it's if I want to be promoting stuff that's not. <laughs> oh, we don't like to slide into free streams here. Not at all. <laughs> 
but yeah, man, I, I mean, like I said, I, it's, it's been amazing, you know, always, always talking to you guys. It's always a great time. And obviously, like I said, what, what, what you guys have been through this pandemic, uh, give me, give me a little bit of what's been going on. I've, I've been seeing you guys model for LAFC with, with the pink jerseys. <laughs> Philly got like, uh, you know, Philly got a new career, you know, he's like, right, it's like, right. he's been doing so many different things, which I love. No, you know, we, we have to keep busy. You know, Philly has the, the, the luxury of working from home most of the time, which is really nice. That way he's able to go down the rabbit hole of all these soccer documentaries and obscure soccer leagues from various parts of the world. And he, he fell down the rabbit hole. I'll let him fill you guys in more on the MASL rabbit hole that he's in. No, look, I've, I've been teaching uh, my sixth graders for the entire time, you know, from September through just this last week, we've been on Zoom, nothing but Zoom the whole time. And uh, in the in the last couple of weeks, we've started to go back in person, which has been a really cr- incredible experience to see my kids again, to be back in the classroom. And you know, it was it was 362 days in between me teaching in person. So I got to say, I got a little emotional when I got back in the classroom. That was great. Um, you know, and obviously we we followed LAFC all through. We covered a few matches. We even saw you at a couple of the matches during last season and, you know, just got real excited about everything that was going on during the offseason. But lots of uncertainty, right, between the, the kit sponsor and how long, how much longer is going to be called Bank of California Stadium. You know, when you're a podcast called Defenders of the Bank, that makes things <laughs> a little bit difficult. That's but, true. That's true. I didn't think, we'll I didn't think about that. We'll, I didn't think we'll about keep that. It. We're gonna, keep it. You got to. Like you got to keep it. 20 years from now, when Philly and I are old and gray and walking through the stadium, they'd be like, why do they call you Defenders of the Bank? And I'd be like, it's okay. It was way before your time. Don't worry. It's Yeah, this it is was AT&T Stadium year, now. <laughs> right, right. It was a 15-year sponsorship that lasted three years. So there you go. So In your uh, case, it should just be 20 years because you've already gone gray. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. All right. But yeah, man, we're we're really excited for everything. It's been a fun off season. We've got our website opening up soon, which will be really good. We're gonna have merchandise and charity stuff going on there. We're gonna start writing some articles, getting ourselves into more trouble in as many places as we can. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. But this guy has been busy in the indoor soccer league, so I'll, I'll let him fill you in on that. Yeah, so, Philly, tell I mean, us everything going on with you and uh, you know Ontario Fury and, and that play by play and every how how they came about. You know, break it down for us. I mean, so. I mean, it's it's an interesting story within its own right. So we started going to the games back when you could go to games. And obviously, the, the connection with Ontario Fury was through Adrian Perez. So we were curious about where he came from. We are curious about the indoor game. I mean, there was that instance in which, you know, Landon Donovan played for the San Diego Soccers. And Jermaine Jones was on the Ontario Fury. So they were promoting that, the battle of the former U.S. men's national players. And so we started going courtesy of our friend Bruce. Uh, on a couple of occasions. And for me, it was love at first sight. Like it really was love at first sight. And so throughout the course of pandemic, I get, got myself in as much trouble as I could, you know, doing new things and just trying to find new ways to grow. Um, sorry, there was a shot on goal there. Just trying to find like new ways to grow uh, in, in media and, and through other outlets. And then it was right around probably maybe before Thanksgiving. Um Oh, actually, even backtrack. Let me go before that. So the Fury was promoting a watch party uh, at this brewery in Rancho Cucamonga for the Galaxy and LAFC. And so we just retagged their post and we posted it, retweeted, we started promoting for them. 
and they were vocal with us. You know, they were communicating back and forth, and that was kind of cool. We get to Roddy's Brewing Company, and we get to meet Liz, the director of business operations, and, and Chris, he runs the social media for the Fury. And so we just started communicating back and forth here and there. They would tag us on a couple of things. They found some photos of us at one of the games, and they would post that on their website. And I thought, that's kind of cool. We're getting free publicity from this indoor team. And so just digging in and getting more information, excuse me, uh, getting more information, I um, I just hit them up. Like, hey, who runs your who runs your short social media in the sense who runs your podcast and all this other stuff? And they were like, well, nobody, but like we, we like defenders. We'd be very interested in talking to you guys about it. And so the idea was for JR and I to do it. I mean, it was more my, more so my idea than JR's. Uh, with JR, I believe it or not, I even had to like pull his arm for, for weeks, to, maybe even months to get him to do defenders. Anyway, JR couldn't do it. And I respect the fact that he's got other commitments. I, I have a little bit, uh, my schedule's a bit more open. So Panda, my wife, she said, well, hey, we live together. Why don't we do it? It'd be fun, like a husband and wife team. And now we have an interesting, intriguing a- an angle, a husband and wife team talking about a soccer club. And so they agreed to it. We started running the podcast for them. Six weeks into it, um, one of the members of the Fury asked me, hey, you know, I love the podcast. You, you're, you're entertaining. You, whatever, whatever terminology he used. You ever thought about doing play-by-play? And my response to that was only every minute of the day. To <laughs> I was bored to do play-by-play. Have you heard this voice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up loving guys like Dick Vitale. And we got to go, baby! Yeah, we go. There we go. LA Soccer Hub. Sorry about that. I was, hey, no worries, man. No worries. This is this is the full Philly experience. So you you don't gotta apologize for anything. This year no longer works, Gio. So I'm gonna be leaning in this way for the rest of the podcast. So I mean, I, I love the game so much. And when they gave me the gave us the opportunity, I mean, I I was all about it. And again, it was like, hey, Philly in the scarf broadcast, we bring it to the next level. Of course, I try to go to him as much as I could into doing it. Um, but I respect his obligations. I uh I'm done prodding him at this point, so it's all good. But yeah, as, as of right now, it's, it's been doing it for a couple of weeks. I've called eight matches for the Fury. I've called three playoff games. And what's really important is if the Fury win this series against Kansas City and the San Diego Soccers win their series against the Florida Tropics, then they would be bringing the matches to Ontario mm. to be played at Toyota Arena, potentially with fans, potentially with fans, and that would give me, I wouldn't be upset if it didn't give me the opportunity, but it gives me a chance of being able to call a final, which Ooh. in a very short period of time has, has been a pretty cool thing. And it's not only the Fury that I've been happy. I've been very fortunate to where MASL, the league, has mm-hmm. asked me to do things for them. So I interviewed before the playoffs uh, eight, eight different players, uh, seven different players and one coach from the seven different teams in the playoffs. Uh, they had me interview the coach of the uh, the number one seed a couple of days ago. and. Throughout the course of the offseason, I'm also going to be working with the league, doing things and producing content. Potentially, I'll be uh, doing the league's official podcast, potentially. And so there's a lot of really cool things. And the point of it was, I always wanted to be in media. I always wanted to do this ever since I was a kid. Uh, and now I have my opportunity. And it all really stemmed from just us starting this podcast. Because if there was no defenders, there would have been no opportunity like this. And I just grinded it out, man. I busted my hump to, to get to where I am, and I've got a long road to go. But I'm, re- I'm, I'm 27 months of starting this out. I'm really happy with where I've landed thus far. And, and the, I think the key thing there, which is so key, right? Even people like uh, 
people like my friends of mine or people that are younger than me is, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing your age, like how, how old are you, Philly? Oh, I'll share, I'll share his age. He's 40. Yeah. 40. Okay. The reason why I want you, wanted you to share your age is because a lot of people think that it's going to happen today. It's going to happen in a month. It's going to happen. No, like you're yeah. getting essentially your break at 40, right. In, in the sports world. Even, and, and at his, even at his advanced age, Gio, he's and it's amazing, right? Because you never know when it's going to happen. You never know. Right. And, and like you, you I, I, it's so great that you share that story because you started doing the Fenders of the Bank, which you're still doing. And on top of that, you have a great voice and you've just been grinding it out, been doing the podcast and been talking, talking. And so, you know, an opportunity came and you you were just at the right place at the right time and, and an opportunity happened and you took full advantage of it. And now more opportunities are coming because one, you're prepared and and obviously, you know what to what to do. And, you know, like, right, you, you bring the energy, you, you got the voice, you got you, you have the voice that not that many people do. And it, I, I think one lesson from that is just you never know when to chime. But I think being consistent is an amazing thing. And, you know, practicing with, with the friends of the bank and being consistent with that, because a lot of people, from my experience, get really bummed out when they don't get get their first shot within the, the first two months, right? They don't blow up within the first two months. Why isn't a thousand people listening to my podcast? Why isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different for everybody, you know, and I love, and I love your story. Um, we have a, we have a question here in the chat. Serious question from Galaxy Guy Podcast, he says. Okay. And also, how do they believe the team can overcome mental roadblock that seems to be preventing them, the team from progressing into, okay. Well, we'll get into that question. That, that is a great question. That is a great question. We'll, 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 that is a that is a great question. I like that question. But before we get before we get into that, I, I just want to finish this thought on, you know, Philly getting his big break and being on TV and calling playback right? because it happened so fast, right? It, it literally happened so fast. And I, brother, I am happy for you. I, you doing that? I love that, man. It, it, it makes me feel good because I know you, right? I don't have the relationship like you two do, but like I've met you, I've had you on the podcast and just seeing you succeed like that, it, it is amazing, man. And I love it. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, it's, it's, it's a grind, but I don't view it that way because I absolutely love doing it. Love so it. when I'm four or five in the morning editing our podcast or whatever, or doing research, Same. I, I enjoy it. It's fun. I would do it for I would do it anyway. <laughs> same, same. I was just having this conversation too, you know, with one of my members too. It was just like, this is my life. I love doing this. Like to me, like obviously outside of family, everything else, like this is my number one thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, like obviously I got, we got to work and we do all the things. But to me, this is my number one thing. This is what I love to do. I love to have you guys on here. We talk, right? Talk LAC, obviously talk talk Galaxy and stuff on Monday nights. But this is what I love and love talking soccer and also be, you know. If, any way I can to help grow the sport, you know, because it's it's a growing sport. That, that's that's my thought exactly. And not only is just outdoor obviously, but indoor too is such a cool, such a cool thing. Just go going down the rabbit hole and trying to learn as much as I can. Futsal began in Uruguay 10 years after Uruguay won the inaugural World Cup in 1930. The first pro indoor game in the US took place at Madison Square Garden. There were 8,000 people in attendance for that match. And it had a little bit of traction going on for it, but its timing was poor because World War II occurs, and then that kind of killed the momentum that the sport was gaining. 
And then 70s and 80s, it started revamping itself. And the next thing you know, and you're a basketball guy, this is going to come as shocking news to you. But before Michael Jordan, the Chicago Sting, the indoor team, would outsell the Bulls. The Kansas oh, City yeah, yeah, Kings, yeah. I do remember that. I saw that. I saw that in the documentary. I saw that. Yeah. And then Kansas City. So Kansas City had the Kings, right? And yeah. so they couldn't break into the market share that the indoor team, the Kansas City Comets, were, were doing. They were eating up all that market share. So the Kings packed up their bag of tricks and went up to Sacramento. Yeah. So, no, man, that, I, I love I love the knowledge, man. That, that, that you're definitely built for this. Uh, and I know we're here to talk LAFC, but let, let's talk a little bit of LAFC. Um, I can go. I can go for hours on you. We 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 have uh, a, a great question. We'll we'll just start with this question um, because yeah. it's from Galaxy, Galaxy Guy podcast. I had him on the podcast. A great great question. You know, he, he was talking about. How do, you, how do you believe the team can overcome the mental roadblock that seems to be preventing the team from progressing into MLS Cup? Um, obviously, he's, at, he's talking about LAFC. Um, and I'll, I'll, to, to you, Scarf, what, what do you think has been LAFC's, you know, I guess, kryptonite to, to win an MLS Cup, right? So I'll say their a couple short four-year career. Let me just put that out there. Right, right, so right. Far. So I'll say number one, to have come as far as we have in our first three major league soccer seasons, to me, is a huge deal. You have a team that has made the playoffs all three years, unlike the team down in Carson since we've come into the league. You have a team that has had now legitimate expectations on it since year one, after we kind of defied a lot of expectations with 57 points and making the playoffs. But the Galaxy pod or fan or whoever that's asking that question is exactly right to ask it because it seems like every year our biggest match of the year ends in defeat, right? But all I will say is this, 2018, it was our first playoff game. 2019, it was the Western Conference uh, final. So, and was coming over the hill of having beaten Carson in a meaningful match for the first time. Now you look at 2020 and we get all the way to the CONCACAF Champions League final against Tigres. And to me, we've, we've kept moving the bar higher without actually winning anything. So I think this has to be the year mm -hmm. where there's some silverware that comes home. I Believe me, I think the Supporters' Shield is incredibly important. And if you look at most other leagues, that's the top prize, right? But that's not how it is in an American soccer league. That's not how it is in MLS. So for me, what we need to do to overcome it is honestly just get consistency as often as we can throughout the season. We have to see what's going to happen with the international break. We have to see what's going to happen with the all-star break. We have to see what's going to happen with the Open Cup. We have so many different things that that butt into our schedule that I really feel like this is the year where we have to throw all the excuses to the side Eddie Segura said that when we had him on the podcast just a couple, about a week or so ago, he said that, look, we want to win something this year. And this year is the time. This is the year where, okay, there's no such thing now as a honeymoon phase. There's no such thing as catching anybody off guard. We are the best regular season team in major league soccer pretty much since we've come in. It's time to shed that moniker for years. It was Peyton Manning, right? The best regular season quarterback. And then he was able to, to break through that ceiling, it's got to be LAFC this year, and it's going to be because of our depth at every position. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a fair question, and I, and I love your response. I, I definitely do feel that LAFC has 
progress, right? Obviously, you you want to win the silverware. That that's the main goal of the objective. But you know, you go to obviously they the loss in the Concacaf, right? And that is the best soccer LAFC has played in their short four four year career. And and also just to add on to that, it also makes Atlanta's winning theirs in their second year so much more impressive because it, it is so hard to win an MLS cup because not only do you just have to have the horses and the weapons, you also have to have, you know, things go your way, right. Whether it's a foul call or something like that, right. The, the, the little things that go your way. And unfortunately when it's come down to LAFC, they haven't gotten those things to break their way. You know, last year, last, last year, Eduardo Twister got a red card when he shouldn't have gotten a red card, you know, things like that. But like, right. We, we, we can say those things, but at the end of the day, fans supporters of the team they want they want to they want to get the cup and I'm, I'm with you i think this is the year because there's so many things going on there's players are, are going to potentially move you know there, there's a player that we're going to talk about later eduardo twista he's getting some rumor rumors and you know i got some information on that you know there, there's going to be a lot of pieces and i do feel that this is the year because this team has been built to win every single year maybe maybe not the first year necessarily to win them on this cup but every year since after that i mean they've they've had a solid squad and i don't know how long lafc will be able to have a, this solid of unit because eventually there's just like every sports professional sports team there's going to be a rebuilding year there's literally and i don't and you don't know when that's going to be it could be this year it could be next year or, you know, they could potentially not have a rebuilding year, you know, they, they say, but I highly doubt that that will happen. And I think that that makes it very interesting because this year I feel with you, I'm with you. It is the year for LAFC it, this year, or I don't know what's going to happen, you know? Well, and Gio, we have to play like we actually belong in the situations that we are in. And I absolutely agree with you. The, the run up to Champions League, those matches against all of those quality Liga MX clubs, we played like we belonged on the pitch with those teams. When we got to the playoffs against RSL our first year, it was, oh, we're really happy to be there. Look what we did. That second year, we were so happy to have beaten Carson that, you know, we we didn't come out with the same intensity. I can tell you the stadium didn't feel the same. Bank of California did not feel the same in that match against Seattle as it did against Carson. And then flash forward 2020 was just a weird year man and the players put it on their backs for the entire time to deal with everything they did and for the first time we played like we belonged at the table to win that hardware so that's why i think this year is that year because we have no more excuses but we also have proven for the first time that we can play those big matches starting with by the way the comeback against leon I feel like if we weren't ready to do those type of things, and that was March, right? You know, right before everything shut down. Uh, the the comeback that we made after that, it finally made us believe that we belong, and that's mm-hmm. the most important thing this year. Yeah, Philly. Uh, obviously, LAFC has made so many new additions to the team. They've signed, you know, defenders, uh, you know, attacking players. Tell me a few players that you're you're excited to see this season. I mean, of course, I'm excited to see Moon. I mean, you, you get a young kid, international experience, who, who's done the things that he has done throughout his, his young, I think he's 27, uh, years of, of life. He's going to be a really interesting person to watch. I know, I, I don't think he's going to be a starter right off the bat, but he's a player that could easily work into the lineup. I know part of the problems that a lot of fans had is, okay, when we start to sub people within the back line, who do we go to? We go to, we go to Jordan Harvey. And as much as I love Jordan Harvey, Jordan Harvey doesn't have – 
the legs that he once possessed several, several seasons ago. So to get a young, fresh pair of legs like Moon, that, that's exciting. I mean, having, I mean, Corey Baird, he's a guy who, <laughs> he loved coming to LAFC. He loved like sticking it to us. Corey Baird was an impact player on the other side of the ball. He's another person that I'm excited to see. And I eventually, I, I assume he's probably still a person that has to work his way into the starting lineup. I don't think he could, is a first day starter. That's just my opinion. I haven't seen him train. I haven't really heard much throughout the course of the off season. He's another player I'm excited to watch. And yeah, I would say those two, obviously we have, the, we have the young gentleman from Portland who is going to be another exciting player to watch, but we're, we're, uh, we're, we're stacking ourselves to the point where we're just having a tremendous amount of depth in most of our positions. So if somebody gets hurt, somebody goes on international duty, somebody's sick, whatever the case may be, somebody has a red card, they can't play going forward. I don't think we're going to have as many concerns. And what most people, you know, think, you know, Carlos Vela is like the engine that really runs this. I think Edward Atuesta has shown that he's more of a valuable player in the sense that we could, we won without Carlos Vela. We didn't do very hot without Edward Atuesta. Could he have been the difference maker in that final against Tigres? Maybe, but I would say having him healthy is a key part to what we have to look forward to going into the season. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you, you may hit on so many great points. And obviously, Kim Moon-Wan is the player, right, to, to, that everybody's curious about, even myself. But I think I'm just going to push back a little bit. I think Kim Moon-Wan is a starter. The reason I say that is because I haven't seen him play. I'm gonna be, I haven't seen him play. I haven't seen any of these players play. It's just he, he's getting paid. He's making more than $600,000. That, I'm just basing off of that. And I think... He, when you're paying a player more than six hundred thousand, I don't think Tristan Blackman's paying that. Why? By the way, he he out he showed himself out. The, he he played. He balled out. He balled out in the Concacaf. That's why I was surprised they went out and signed a right and and signed it a right back. I was surprised that they went for a right back. But hey, that's what they want to do. That they're more depth. They have more depth. But I I really really want to see where where um what Tristan Blackman and Kim won because. That that is that is a spot to fight for, and we know Tristan Blackman could also play play center back too. So it's going to be interesting his role. What what do you what do you think about the situ the the right back situation, uh, Scarf? Look, I I didn't I wasn't sure about why they did it either. That's the thing, right? If if you ask me, we we need a true sub at center back, which Tristan Blackman can certainly be. We need a true left back and right back combination, which it looks like we have now with Chiqui Palacios and, and Moon. But for me, the way that Blackman has to get better and what we saw from him every single season is he gets better by being on the pitch. He gets better by playing. And when he can get three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches under his belt, dude looks like he's legit. I mean, look, you go back and look at that draft. He's outperforming Joao Moutinho. He's outperforming. I mean, the, the guy who was picked in between them, Thomas Hilliard Arce of the Galaxy, he's retired already after having been demoted down the USL. This is a guy who is going to be a contributor for somebody in MLS for the next 10 years. I'm just worried it's not going to be LAFC because we're not giving him the burn that I think he deserves. I agree. It was a little confusing to see what the what the backline situation became after signing Kim Moon-Hwan, but I, I agree that Moon would probably have to be the starter based on the bottom line, right? You're not going to pay all that, that guy all that money to have him sit. But what happens then if maybe Moon has a bad game or Tristan subs in for some reason and plays really well? It could be something that Bob has to deal with all season. Now, I'd rather have depth than not. And with all the national team stuff that's going on, if Moon's got to go play for South Korea 
and, and whatever, I think that's exactly why we have a guy like Tristan Blackman. I just think a guy that was on the verge of breaking through with the U.S. men's national team who only left camp because of a concussion. I think that guy wants to play. And I think what we saw, you're absolutely right, Gio, what we saw from him last season was that he deserved to play and he earned his spot. Uh, I do want to mention one other player. Philly mentioned it sort of. Corey Musovsky or Danny Baird, whatever that means, whoever those two guys are going to be. To me, Danny Musovsky, Corey Baird, they're going to platoon with each other. And I think we get 15 goals from Diego Rossi, 15 goals from Carlos Vela, and 15 goals from Corey Musovsky, Danny Baird, whatever that player is like. <laughs> and I think that's where I'm looking forward to it the most. We know we have the most high-powered offense in the league when we're clicking. And it's having that third guy who can put goals in the back of the net. Look, we all love Brian Rodriguez's eight assists, right? Or seven assists, however many he had last year, which tied for the team lead with, of all people, I think it was Bradley Wright Phillips. But it's incredible to me that we now have four players on our front line who can put the ball in the back of the net. We've, we've replaced Adama Diamande with Corey Baird, Danny Musovsky. Yeah, I think, I think you, you you hit on a lot of great things there. And I think uh, that's the question on the chat that we have from G-Money. He says, happy with the LAFC center for options. He says, mediocre, in my opinion. And I, th- I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's mediocre a- after the two golden boot winners. I'm just, I'm yeah. just curious. No, he's, he's saying center forward, center forward, oh, center, forward. Oh, center, okay. forward center forward, center forward, center forward okay. position. He, he's talking about center forward options, right? Because uh, you, you hit on it, right? It's going to be Corey Bear, Danny Masevsky. And I would also add in Mahala. I mean, sure, you can't, sure. you can't forget, you can't forget Mahala. I think that is going to be the most interesting thing uh, to watch for LAFC. It's not just the, the defense, but also the center center forward, because for whatever reason, I, I really, I really buy in, buying into Corey Barrett and Danny Masovsky. I love Danny Masovsky's uh, uh, mentality. I love the, how he plays the games. I know, I know he didn't finish the season strong, but I love the mentality he has. And I love how he took advantage of every opportunity he did. And he came from being a no, nobody knowing his name, no one know from USL to make it on this team, getting getting minutes over uh, Bradley Wright Phillips and scoring goals, right? Scoring meaningful goals and scoring game. I think he scored a game winning goal against Seattle. Like, you know, so I love his mentality. I just want to see how he progresses this year because, you know, because how he takes it to, is he able going to take it to the next level or with understanding Bob Bradley's system and what he has to do there at center forward. And obviously we know he can come off the bench. He can, he can start. He, he did that last season, right? But also Corey Baird. Corey Baird is going to be very interesting, right? Because this is who, who we assume is going to be the guy right there at center forward um, and because of the moves that they made. But I don't. I haven't seen Corey Barrett. I know his the last season he did not have a good season, and I feel like this is this could be go one away, one or two ways. He can thrive in this high powered offense with Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela to one side, or they may not be able to communicate. Don't understand each other's runs, or that that could also be the possibility, right? And if that happens. The good thing about it is you do have depth, right? You do have Danny Masewski. You do have Mahala. There is options. So I think it's a position that is wide open. It is wide open for three guys. It's wide open. Who wants to take it, right? And if one of those three guys do not get the job done, then come summertime, there's going to become summertime. I think this is where it gets interesting, right? But it gets tricky because of Brian Rodriguez' situation. And for whatever reason, Brian Rodriguez is able to move on and stay with Almeria, then you have the open DP spot. And then if, for whatever reason, the center forwards, Danny Masewski, Baird, you know, uh, 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 G-Money mentioned Jenny's. Uh, he's going to be also mentioned uh, Danny Trejo. 
Don't forget Christian Torres either. Christian yeah. Torres. I mean, the, the list the list goes on and on, right? So hey. I think there is a lot of options there if there's not three or four guys. And for whatever reason, they're not killing it. Then I think you look at that third DP spot for a potential Kuna girl or for someone else out there. Gio, let me ask you a question. What if Almeria doesn't make La Liga? Right now, they're third in the table. They would have to play three versus six, four plays five for a little play in to see who goes. It, I mean, that that could throw everything into the mix for LAFC, right? What if they just give him back and say, well, thanks. We tried to use him. Didn't work. So he's he's us again. Do we just slot Brian Rodriguez back in? I think I don't think you do that because I don't. I, I well, I think one 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 thing, right? You got to see how your team is doing, how LAFC is doing. If they're rolling, you're not going to put Brian Rodriguez in. The second thing is, it could potentially get ugly. Brian Rodriguez has already been vocal about saying he doesn't want to come back to Los Angeles. He said that the, his dream is to play in Europe, right? And if he doesn't make it in Europe, is he going to have the 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 maturity to say? My okay, I'm not ready for Europe because it does. It didn't seem like that to me. That it seemed like he had kind of an ego, and he didn't. He, to, in my opinion, I don't think he proved himself in the MLS. I don't think he was ready. He he didn't prove himself to 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 force his way out, right? To force his way out, and you know, to be maybe the third or fourth best player on a team, and to force your way out the way you did. I don't think that's the way to do it, right? But I, I'm not advising him. But any relationship can be repaired. If Brian Rodriguez doesn't get does it, if they don't make it to the first team, he doesn't get sold on because the, what LAFC paid for is 11.5 million price tag. That is a lot of money. Yep. I don't know if I'll marry a, if they don't make it, they're not going to pay that money. Right. They're not, they're not going to pay that money. And, that, and that, that's why I feel it may get ugly for LAFC because are you going to want to take a loss? Are you going to want to take 10 million? Are you want to going to take 9 million? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like how, if you're John Thornton and LAFC, how are you going to go to the owners and tell him, hey, we just lost a million dollars. You're not going to do that. So he he will have to come back to LAFC. And this is why I feel like it will get interesting. He's going to have to, if LAFC is not able to sell him or loan him out again, that's where it gets interesting because, um, and then and Bob Bradley said, you know, he he mentioned and put it out there, you know, to, for Brian Rodriguez, for opportunity, the door is open for Brian Rodriguez to come back. And, and it has to be because there, there's no buyers. There's no buyer. Look where he went right. to. He went to a second division, second division La Liga. And that's right. not what we expected. Yeah. We expected mid-tier in the first division, whether it was Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga. We expected the first year because of LAFC and how much money they spent. Yeah. You know, so I, I, for all sakes and for both parties, I want Brian Rodriguez to do good in America. I want America to move on because I think having that, that 30P spot uh, available i think they both sides have already moved on and you know you don't want you don't want to be able to want to repair the relationship but if you have to you have to oh yeah we're all almeria fans right now at <laughs> i think sure. i think every lafc <laughs> fan it, it is an almeria <laughs> fan <laughs> but, i know? mean look i i've watched much second division la liga this year that uh you would have told me i was watching Almeria against some of these other teams. I said, there's no reason to watch La Liga 2. What are you talking about? Now I know which, you mentioned those free sites and everything. I found one for La Liga 2. Don't worry. I got mine. Yes. I'm, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, and I obviously Gary, uh, we are LFC Live, who I have on the show sometimes. He he does like a Brian Rodriguez watch. He always tweets like how many minutes he played and stuff like that. He like, he starts, he puts the money bag, right? Because every time he plays, his value is growing. And, you know, every time he gets an assist, I think he got an assist a couple games ago, but like 
you want to see him do good. He wants to stay there. I think everybody wants him to stay there. You know what I'm saying? And eventually uh, yeah. open, open that, open that third DP spot because then, then things get more, things get exciting this summer. Right. Now we're uh, with you. We're yeah. G money has another question. He said, who would be your starting midfield trio? Philly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that question to you. At this point, I mean, you're still going to, you're going to have, um, you're going to have Sifu without a doubt. He's going to be there. You're going to have Atuesta. And those are the two shoe-ins that I would say. That, that third spot, I mean, that third spot's up for grabs. Um, I mean, Kay's shown some pretty good prowess during international play. You know, that spot's obviously his. And, of course, you can't count on the teeth. Uh, I would, it goes between those two guarantees and then the other ones as possible. That's my, that's my thought. Sifu for sure. You can't Edward Atuesta without a doubt. That's going to be a topic of discussion. But you know, now that we have all the defenders that we need, you don't need to shift Latif in the back line anymore. So now it's you know a battle between him and K for that other spot. That's my thought. Scarf, what do you what do you, what are your, your thoughts on that? Man, can you imagine an LAFC lineup that doesn't have the game changer in it to start number seven, Latif Blessing? I know he is amazing to watch. But here's what I will say, and here's why I agree with Philly. And for some reason, man, Mark Anthony K gets a lot of flack. I don't know if anybody saw them play against, uh, was it the Bahamas, right, where Canada put up like almost two touchdowns on the Bahamas. Mark Anthony Scar- K. You would score on the Bahamas. Look, I would, I would try. <laughs> I would try. Do my best. But I don't have my, I don't have my Canadian uh, passport. I just have a Canadian tuxedo in my closet. So yeah, you wore it the other day. Here's, get him on, get him. Wait. Here's the thing. I would rather be able to bring out Latif Blessing as my fourth ace in the hole than have Latif Blessing play for 60 minutes or so and have that not be something that worked and have Mark Anthony K adjust to coming in for the final 30 minutes or whatever it might be. Mark Anthony K has always proven to be a dependable starter, but what we see sometimes is 45, 50, 60, 75 minutes in, all right, we need to switch it up a little bit, whether it's a matchup issue or whether another team has switched formations, whatever it might be. I would rather have Mark Anthony K out there with Cifuentes and Atuesta because I'll say it, we, we watched Sifu more than any other player last year. We loved Sifu's what Jose Cifuentes team. He plays with a toughness that we missed ever since we didn't have guys like Steven Betashore and Adama Diamande there was this toughness that was missing in our lineup that, look, I love Mark Anthony K because he's the first to get into the fray after, like, something happens. But Sifu doesn't go down on that first touch. Sifu plays through fouls. Sifu, his job is to bring that ball up the pitch. And I got to say, what we've been seeing from LAFC in their practice footage, Sifu's putting it away top shelf, too, that they, they showed that one today. Sifu and Atuesta for sure. And, and again, I'm going to agree, but not because I like the guy, but because I agree with what he said. Mark Anthony K with that third spot and Latif coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I think I would say I. Will, I mean, it's a toss up between. All right, I'm with you on Sifu and Atuesta. I think it's a toss up between Mark Anthony K and, and Latif Blessing, right? Because both bring two different things. Obviously, the game changer, Latif. It looks like he doesn't run out of energy, right? And he, he literally can play every position. But I think the best position or where he, where we see him, I see him be the best at is is that midfield. And I think that's where he feels the most comfortable. And I think that's where you want to have him. Right. And I, and I don't know how much longer you'll have Latif blessing. You know, there's, there's been, you know, speculation out there last season that, you know, that there was some family stuff and he potentially wanted to move to, to a different team and stuff like that. 
Um, I think the window's closing down on Latif Blessing, potential be here. And I think he views as himself as a starter, and so does Mark Anthony Kane. So I feel like every every person on this team does. I think Mark Anthony K has Bob Bradley's trust. He has Bob, Bob Bradley's trust. Um, Blessing on the other side just brings in so much, so many different things. I don't think Mark Anthony K can do talent wise, you know, just talent wise, but effort wise, Mark Anthony K is there. And I don't think Latif Blessing has as strong as a relation. This is just an assumption. I don't know this to be a true, uh, as a strong relationship with Bob Bradley than Mark Anthony K does. I, I that's that that's so that may play a factor that may play a factor but if I had to choose one I would go with a teeth blessing I because I just I just yeah. love I just I just love what what he can do and he can go 90 minutes but you you can't go wrong from either from either option I think the good thing is that that's where we've known LAFC to always be to have the most most depth right the strongest depth and when you think of LAFC you don't really think of LAFC being weak in the middle right as long as the twist is there right as long as you're able to have a twister so whoever is within those those right between blessing or or, or mark anthony k i don't think you're really going to be like oh okay because one of those guys is coming off the bench right and that you have that as a weapon to come off the bench it's not it's not a bad option so it's not a bad option so well and i feel i feel like Gatuesta is our only true center mid that we have on the team though. So that's one thing I, I would mm. want to watch out for. I, but I know Corey Baird can play a little bit of midfield, all different. He's like our Swiss army knife, right? Apparently he can play all three forward positions, all three midfield positions, but man, there's, I feel like he's such a unique talent, Edward Atuesta, that if, cause I know we're, we're eventually going to talk about some of the rumors that you were mentioning mm. earlier too, about Edward Atuesta, but he is such a unique talent. And Philly was absolutely right. When he says, look, Vela puts a lot of butts in the seats. Rossi was the best player in MLS for most of the season last year, but it's, it's Edward Atuesta. That's the glue of this team. You know, it's that, that's going to be the interesting part. I will say one last thing on the midfield. I, I turned 38 not too long ago. So this is like my Eric Gagne year. Cause he was number <laughs> out of the nice. All right. To me, that's Latif blessing. When he comes in, when, when he walks over to sub in, before you see, let's say it's, you know, 14 for seven or seven for 14, right? They should queue up Welcome to the Jungle like they did with Eric <laughs> Oh, my God. That would be but amazing. I feel like, I'm telling you, I feel like when I see Latif come in for the last 45, 30, 20, 25, whatever it is, that's our closer. That's the guy who's going to make a play or take a play. And, and that's, to me, that's, that's the one thing that Mark Anthony K doesn't bring is he doesn't inspire a defensive adjustment, whether it's in tactics or shape or whatever. But Latif, you got to account for wherever he is on the pitch. He's not even supposed to be where he's, he is sometimes, and he still makes the play. So he's, he's Eric Jeter in that way, right? Like, what is he doing coming across the He's everything, man. He, he is an ex- – he's, what, well, like 5'4", five, 5'5"? Five, five? That's what he's listed as. That's what he's listed as. That's when he's not wearing those sketchers. But at the same time, not only does he contribute that way on the field, if and when we do get to fill the bank, that energy electrifies the crowd as well. You're thinking right now, a closely contested game, 75 minutes in, not that much longer to go. Do you get out of your seat? And I, I don't mean this as any disrespect, but do you get out of your seat and go nuts when K comes on the pitch or when Blessing comes on the pitch? He energizes the crowd, which energizes the rest of the stadium, which energizes the players. So he has that that side uh, impact that you know we don't see. It's uh, the, the intangible that he adds to mm-hmm. the bank itself. 
Yeah, he he definitely has a swagger, and obviously him dancing and everything. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna, and I think this is what you want, right? If you're LAFC, you want competition throughout from the defense, the midfield, and obviously up top in which they do this year, and they have a lot of depth, uh, which is which is really exciting, uh, you know, to see. And obviously, you were talking about Adora Twesta, right? Obviously, today there was rumors. Um, it was not an April Fool's thing. I know uh, Kevin Baxter had tweeted it. I've been hearing the same thing. So there, there's been a rumor, speculation, whatever you want to call it, that uh, links Eduardo Tuesta to Palmeiras, who's a, who's a Brazilian club. They went to the FIFA World Cup uh, games or championship, or you know, and they I think they also lost to Tigres. Um, and it, and it, and when I first heard about this, I was like, you know what, this this doesn't really make sense. I don't really see Eduardo Tuesta going there. So. Today, I don't know. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been getting contacted, hit, hit up from just different, different places. So I ended up reaching out to LAFC. Um, they declined to comment. You know, they they, did, they declined to comment. Um, they didn't want to talk about the situation. No, they, they don't want to talk. No comment, right? So that's just one of two things. It, to me, it just told me, okay, maybe there is some truth to this, or maybe the number is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because I think four yeah. million. Because that's what it was. It was I think they it was speculated that they offered or the LUC wants around four million dollars, which you know I don't think that's the right number. But I think that we do know there is interest from Palmeiras. Um, but is there interest from LAFC? So what's been communicated to me? Because um, I was always under the impression that impression that any LAFC player, and I don't know if you guys saw this or saw it the same way, but the move was always to go to Europe. That was the impression I was under that whether, you know, LAFC, you know, gets a player, whether it's uh, Eduardo Tuesta, Diego Rossi, the move is to Europe. So what's been communicated to me is that if a situation, you know, any player, not just a Tuesta, if it makes sense for the player and it makes sense for LAFC, Europe is not, not only the number one option, they're, they're open to other options. And that's what I found interesting um, because when that was communicated over to me, that made me think, okay, this Eduardo Twista to Palmarius, there is a possibility. Now, Palmarius is going to have to pay some money because it's not $4 million. Um, and I don't know, right? I don't know how much money Palmarius has, but it's, it's not going to be $4 million. And it also makes it really interesting because the start of the season is going to start in two weeks, right? It's going to yeah. for, for MLS is going to start in two weeks. So is this a move? This is just what I'm thinking aloud. Is this a move that happens now, or is this a move that's going to happen in the summer? You know what I'm saying? I don't know how 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 a Palmarius how how desperate they are, but I know they're also looking for for a forward as well. So that that that's as, that's as far as I know. That's as much as information they gave me. So you know, Eduardo Twista to to Palmarius, LAFC players to to any club that makes sense for the player. And makes sense for the club is what what's been communicated to me is is it's open out there. So I it's not just it's not just straight Europe from LAFC to Europe, which makes it interesting. Sure. I, I don't know if you can see my eye twitching a little bit <laughs> because I'm having flashbacks of Walker Zimmerman leaving right before a season started. And I don't know about you, but I felt I don't know Philly felt we went months without feeling like we had replaced the void because of how singular of a talent Walker was with us in our formation for Bob, all of those things. Plus he was also damn good, right? He's 
uh, he's always on all the lists of top defenders, top U.S. men's national team players in MLS, like all those things, right? Like there's a reason why Walker Zimmerman is as valued as he is by everybody else around here. It, it was a move that put our team on tilt, right, for the majority of the first half until really we felt like Jesus David Murillo was the guy who, who replaces Walker. I, we, we thought Dayon did a wonderful job for as long as he could, but he's not the guy to replace the guy. For me, uh, Tuesta is even more of a gaping hole. Just named best defensive midfield on MLSsoccer.com, best defensive midfielder in the league. He's got so many different attributes, like we have already said, that he does uniquely well, especially in the 4-3-3 that Bob likes to run. I, I think the move might make sense. You mentioned the two things, right? Makes sense for the player, makes sense for LAFC. If we're only talking that making sense for LAFC is that the dollar signs match up to what we think, then I think LAFC would move a guy like Atuesta, absolutely. What doesn't make sense is to have a coach the caliber of Bob Bradley to have players around Edward Atuesta, like the caliber that we do, and then to pluck out the guy who everybody knows, it's no longer a secret, who is the man who makes it all work for us in the midfield. So mm -hmm. I hope that this one of the very few silver linings of this pandemic in terms of LAFC and sports, because the pandemic has been God awful for so many people. But the one thing that has allowed LAFC to do, hopefully, is to keep this squad together for one more year because all of the teams are broke, man. Like other than premiership teams and like the top, you know, 10, 15 teams in each league, everybody's broke. So I don't see how a Palmeiras, Palmeiras makes it work. I don't see how an Almeria makes it work if they don't make La Liga, right? Like all of these things, I think people are just broke. Well, another thing to add on to that, LAFC may need some money. If, if they're open, you know, if they're open, right? If they're open and, and, they're, and they're just interested, right? Um, because I think the, the thing that makes it so interesting, you pointed out, Eduardo Twist is a point guard and you brought, you brought up a great point, right? It almost kind of feels like the, the Walker Zimmerman situation, right? Which Walker Zimmerman was, was traded to Nashville for what? I think it was $1.25 million. It was, you know, one point something. I don't know the exact number. That is the same number that they paid essentially for David Murillo. They literally paid the same amount of money um, that they did, that they sold Walker Zimmerman for. And, you know, I'm just be honest, LAFC got it wrong on Walker Zimmerman. There's no way to put it. They got it wrong because, you know, the reason why they got it wrong is because they went to go get Jesus Murillo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they unfortunately they didn't have the horses to, that they really thought would, would be there without Walker Zimmerman. Now, if, you're going to tell me this is, you could kind of see the same story happening again. And to your point, Eduardo Twista is an even more valuable player to LAFC than Walker Zimmerman was to the defense. That's how and, I feel. And, and this happens, if this ha were to happen within the next two weeks or whatever, then it makes it really tough because instead of having, Latif Blessing, which we're talking about, or, or Mark Anthony K come off the bench. Those guys are your starters now. Who's coming off your bench? And we saw what happened. Um, we saw what happened against Tigres when, when, when the midfield gassed out and they didn't have Eduardo Twista there. You know, you can't replace Eduardo Twista. So you, you cannot replace Eduardo Twista. And if this happens and it's similar along the lines 
uh, of a Walker Zimmerman. I, I think this is a move, unless a Dwight or Twist is like, you know what, I want to go back. I want to go to South America. And this is something he's demanding, which I don't sense. I feel like Eduardo Twist is the type of player that deserves that. Uh, in this LAFC team, but I don't, I don't sense that from him. But it, it, if it's more focused on the on the money side, and, and like, and it happens right before the season, and LAFC needs the money or wants the money, it, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a very difficult year for them if they were to if they were to sell a Twesta to right before the start of the season. If they don't sell, if they sell them during the the summertime, then it's different. But I think to start off the season like you did with Walker Zimmerman, I, I don't think that's the move. What do you think, Philly? I mean, I would agree. I, I don't think history is gonna repeat itself to echo everything you boys have just mentioned. Yeah, we, we don't want to see Edward Atuesta going and in causing we all felt kind of I don't I don't know if bamboozled is the term that I'm looking for, but I mean, I think everybody, even up to John Thornton, were shocked at the amount of money that they were getting offered for Walker Zimmerman. I think it just, he didn't even realize it. When he went to go say goodbye to everybody, I mean, there's a video of it, like nobody saw that coming. So going forward in terms of finding ways to make up the money, I think they are finding ways. And that those ways are by signing people on like the Nectars of the world and the Postmates to go on the sleeve. I mean, those are that's making up your financial gap right there. If we're talking four million for Edward Atuesta, they're getting a lot more money from Postmates and Nectar over the course of the next couple of years than four million dollars. So I don't think the money is the issue because I think they solved that by adding new sponsors on their jersey. Well, I, I, I think it may play a factor. Um, I don't know this to be true, but I think it, it may play a factor because in MLS, ninety percent of the revenue comes from in games. It comes from ticket sales. It comes from in game from game activities and um obviously it's great that they got these, these sponsors right like they got flex they got postmates and, and nectar which was uh, introduced today but that i think that that is a small percentage from what actually helps these mls clubs like lafc make their actual money because 90 percent of that money is coming game day sales and we know that the start of the season i, I don't know what the rules are in california now i don't know if they're going to have i think it's now to 30 percent. i don't remember but 30% of a, you're not talking about a hundred thousand, hundred thousand person stadium, right? You're talking about 30% about what, 20, what is it? 22, 23. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're talking that, about 7,000 7, seats or so that'll be able to be filled. If, if LAFC decides to go the route of not having people prove that they've been vaccinated, they can have about 7,000 people in the building. But if they decide to go the route of having people prove that they're vaccinated, they can actually get more people in the building. It's something like 11,000, something like that. I hope I'm quoting the numbers right. But, you know, I think you're going to want to try and get as much of your fan base in as soon as you can, as safely as you can. You're absolutely right. The, the number is astronomically high, what they get from gate revenue and game day revenue. But at the same time, I think Los Angeles as a whole is we're, we're holding our collective breath until after spring break to see how many people come back from South Padre Island? How many people come back from Cabo? And if we can keep these numbers under control, we can get as many people as soon as we can. Look, I think Monday, next Monday, we go into the orange tier for the first time, which is a huge thing for us. And I'm hoping by, you know, we're looking at the schedule here coming up. We're hoping that June 1st, we've got a little bit of a break, right? From the 16th of May until the 19th of June, there might be an open cup game sprinkled in there. But in that month break, if we can get L.A. into the yellow tier or maybe even out of it, then we can get a full or as full as we can Bank of California Stadium for the remainder of, I think we've got 12 more home matches. 
I think that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and we, we all hope for that. Um, and we hope, we hope that is because games are, are, are nothing without fans, you know, just point right. blank. It's, it's different atmosphere is different. It's time to have fans as safely, you know, as we can. And it looks like we're, we're, we're going that direction just to quickly go, go back real quick. We, I know we talked about LAFC's uh, sponsors in their jerseys. Give me you guys a thoughts because there's been a lot of mixed emotions. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I really see a lot of, LAFC fans divided between this um you know obviously some of the things I've heard is I've seen that the flex sponsor is too big um you know the postmates there's is too much sponsorship on there what are what are your guys overall thoughts on this you want Sergio or Guerrero you got to <laughs> deal with that <laughs> there we go the jersey because of the fact that it's cool no power tools i mean there's so many negative directions you could go with making fun of the team in that direction but the best part is oh but why can't we put youtube back how much animosity we catch just off of youtube tv by itself it's it's, it's a never-ending cycle the reason why they're there is because they offered the most this and if you want the players that you want, then you need this. Because we had the year that we had, you need more of this. So whatever Flex paid, it's either online with or more than YouTube TV. And I don't care if it says Mickey Mouse on the jersey. That's not what matters. It's what's above the heart. Again, you want money. These are things that you have to do. Premier League teams do them. Liga Anekis teams do them all over everywhere. I, I was going to say, right? Yeah. These same people that are complaining, they're the Chivas or the America fans or the whatever team. Look at the back of your kits. It's like 15 different sponsors and everybody understands why. That's what keeps the wheels greased. Now, look, if you want to see a large four-letter word sponsor on the front of a jersey, go check out our friends down the road at uh, FC Broccoli over there in Austin. Yeti is massive. Yeti is a four-letter word that is all the way out, all the way up, all the way top to bottom. We we love our friend Al. He had nothing to do with the sponsorship. However, over at at FC Broccoli there in Austin, they don't think that Yeti is too big on the front of the kit, and it's bigger than Flex is. I I am not loving that it says power tools on the bottom for sure. (laughs) From what I hear, right, is it the first three years it'll say power tools and then it it comes off after that. It's just flex after that, right? And and look, it also corresponds with a huge push that flex is making. They're the official power tool of, is it Kohl's or or Lowe's? That's Lowe's, thank you. Lowe's, yeah, they're the official power tool of Lowe's. They're trying to replace Craftsman in the market because Sears is no longer in existence or whatever, right? Like, I get it all. At the end of the day, I want to say this. That tan linen, whatever the color is, kit, the authentic version, it feels beautiful. Did it you get one? Did nice. you guys get one? And, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Delivered here tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday. I was going to yeah, say tomorrow, where it's yeah. at. I was hoping you guys would wear it. Would wear I know. It, I know. We, we, got, we got ours on delivery for sure. But here, here's the thing. The Postmates second, delivering it? Postmates, yeah, right? Postmates. There you go. <laughs> The second that Carlos Vela scores his first of the season wearing that flex on the front, no one's going to care. All of a sudden, the laundry doesn't matter. It's the crest that matters more than anything else. It's the team on the pitch that matters more than anything else. It's the, it's the culture. It's the cathedral of the black and gold, the culture of what it means to be an LAFC fan. And yes, for all of you Galaxy fans out there, we have established a culture of within four years of what it actually means to be an LAFC fan. And it doesn't mean that we're so G or whatever it is. I don't know what that means, but it means that we are community over anything else. And, and it means more 
to see the crest here than any sponsor. But it is kind of funny that you have people saying, "Wow, I kind of miss YouTube all of a sudden." Yeah, it I mean, is. how many complaints? Oh, it is, it is, money. it is, because people are like, "Are you a YouTuber? Are you a YouTuber? Do you do YouTube? Right? Do you right? work for YouTube?" But I think a lot of our fans like being mistaken for like Ninja or whatever, <laughs> like Minecraft YouTubers are out there, or whatever. Like, oh, do you work for YouTube? Yeah, dude, I would get hell wearing a Manchester United jersey because it has the Chevrolet on it. Most people would be like, "Oh, so you like NASCAR?" No, it's not NASCAR. <laughs> You're gonna get yeah. that. Energy. Look, it, it's here. Who cares about the rest? It's money. It's yeah. currency. Common language. Every club and every nation speaks. If you want to do well, you need money. All right. Yeah. There is no money ball here. There's no Oakland Athletics that are going to win the MLS. I don't know. Maybe there is, but that just the probability of it is just not likely. Yeah, and I think I think that those things that I was hearing. I think right. It's like. The only thing I, you know, the thing I will say right off the bat, you know, I think seeing it now, it looks, it looks amazing, right? When Carlos Vela wears it, this is a jersey, as we all know. I think it's a jersey that, you know, it's gonna take time. It's gonna have to win over people. It's not right off the gates. It wasn't like bam, you know. It, it just for whatever reason, it just wasn't right. But it, it's, I think it's a jersey that people are gonna have to learn how to fall in love with it, and they will because it's a five-year deal. It's a five-year deal, and Flex is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be there, right? So they're, they're paying the money. They, they're paying a lot of money to have it right in front of LASC, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, and there's always when you're when there's change, right? There's 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 always some resistance, right? And, and that's just just the way it goes. And this is how 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 it happens. I just I just the black jerseys. I don't like that they have the same black jerseys as last year. You know, but they do that. They recycle it. Year I know, but that's year. what I'm saying. I don't like that the MLS does that. I don't like that they do that. And I don't like that they do that. And I and I kind of wonder if. Uh, if they would ever, if the league will switch to potentially Nike, I don't know when the Adidas, Adidas uh, deal is over, but I, I kind of want to see it like in, you know, how in the NBA, they go back and forth from Nike to Adidas right. and stuff like that. I want to see, I want to see them switch up because I feel like Adidas uh, has been lacking on some of the designs around the league. You know, some, some teams have well, they some allow amazing. For the originality. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They don't allow for the original. Look, you're talking to a Nike guy, first of all. So I'm all about it. This guy here, it's a, it's a three-stripe life for him for sure. But I'm, I, I I'm have both. I have both, man. But I, I just I think it's time it's time for a new look. It's time for a new a new a new logo sponsor. New new. Well, that just means logo. he's going to be able to put more in his closet in his kit collection. So I mean, I I agree. I yeah, I'll always buy the jersey regardless. But I agree with you. But I think what should happen so in the premier league each team has the ability to choose whoever their sponsor is it could be new balance it could be warrior it could be adidas it could be nike it'll be kind of cool if the mls would allow that but of course there's a lot of other no, things they want they cool. want all the money to themselves that they're not they're never gonna let that go there's oh, too much money so much on franchise fee alone it's just ridiculous yeah yeah no it, it, fc has 300 million dollars for a franchise fee whereas lafc has 100 and we're talking about the span of what four or five years? That's some serious coinage, serious increase. You can't tell me a market in Charlotte for any sport is bigger and better and more expensive than a Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's crazy, right? It's crazy how big the the league has gotten, right? But I think the league needs to be better with these jerseys. They just got to. They just got to be better, you know, and not just LFC, but I think the design on most of these jerseys, there's only like a handful. If you look at the NBA, if you look at baseball, obviously I know it's a growing league and you're learning, but I think 
every jersey that every team comes out should be a banger and they should 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 just be a banger because that's because the thing about jerseys is it's the swagger right we we know we forget about the game and how the player wears the thing about the jerseys and fans buying it it's the swagger that you get to wear hey i rep this team i look how sick this jersey is look how many people from europe wear all these different jerseys right i think that's what the mls is missing some teams have the swagger in the jerseys Others don't, you know, but I think the the league should 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 emphasize that more because these jerseys are are you know these are a, a piece of artwork that people want to wear. Well, and, and I will say one other thing. Rich over at LAFC has said this this one line ever since Flex was announced as a sponsor. He said it's going to be far more than a kit sponsor. Our relationship with Flex. So I'm really interested to see what that means for the club because. For YouTube, it wasn't that, right? It was just, hey, look, this is where you're going to have to watch the team. This is who our, some of our owners are. So it, it, was, it was just a sponsorship on the front of the kit. But I'm interested to see where the team takes this flex sponsorship and what they're able to do with it in the community or mm-hmm. having it become something more than a kit sponsor. Yeah. So that, that'll be another key piece. I think at the end of this five-year deal, we're going to look back on it a lot more differently than oh yeah, we just changed from a, a Chevy logo to an Aon logo or to a whatever it might be, right? So it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, and, and just to add on to that, if, they, if, if Flex goes into the community and right hooks people up with tools, right? You know, they, they hook or them up Or helps build houses with tools or whatever, right? Like, absolutely, totally. You're going to win the fan bases over. Here. Unfortunately, they can't do that now because of COVID, but if it is more than just, right, just, just being a sponsor on there, I mean, Flex is yeah. going to win over the people. And and if you're flex, this is what you want, right? People doubting you, right? <laughs> you know, you don't want us, but wait till we do what we do for you and, and eventually win you over. Because, uh, you know, I've also heard uh, Rich say that. So, I, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, one last thing I had for you guys. I know we've already kind of got gone over here. All right. We, we got we got two preseason games. Um, what do you guys want to see from, from these guys from, from LAFC, right? We, we got two preseason games. We got this Saturday. It's going to be, I believe, 11 a.m. And then again against New England. What do you guys want to see from, from the LAFC? Let me tell you how smart LAFC and New England for this is, by the way. Oh, we just had connection unstable, so I hope you guys can hear us okay. No, we're good. Are we we're still good. good? All right. You have Bob Bradley and Bruce Arena. And if you tell me those two guys aren't going out for, for drinks or whatever before or after the match to discuss, all right, what are you going to try to work on? Well, here's what I'm going to – okay, well, what are, what are you going to try to work on? That first preseason match is going to be two chess champions just kind of playing the game with each other, right? Like, we're going to see different combinations of players. We're going to see different formations. We might see different offensive and defensive tactics. I don't put any stop in what goes on on Saturday's preseason game here on the third. However, that one week later, you get to give those two guys a week to prep for each other for the last meaningful on-pitch minutes that are competitive, right? Because you're not competing the same way in an intra-squad match. I don't care that it was 4-4. You know, I was surprised. I was totally wrong. I said, no matter what, I guarantee you in that first match, LAFC is going to win. Turns out LAFC didn't win. We tied. So I was wrong on that first match. Scarf Stradamus is already wrong to start the season. Looks like we're we're back in 2024, baby. Very excited. <laughs> but, but I think the first match, what I expect to see is everybody playing. I expect to see 
20 minutes from these guys, 45 minutes from these guys. Maybe it's a full line change, a full 11 uh, off and 11 back on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But the second match, that one on the 10th, that's the one that I'm looking forward to because that's where you're going to see Bob start to put things into place for Austin a week later. Philly, what do you what do you want to see? Uh, I mean, to me, what I enjoyed going to the preseason games last year was was learning about some of these diamonds in the rough that we didn't really know much about. One that eventually would sign. I remember when we were watching, I don't know if it was Toronto, it doesn't matter the match, but we first got our, we laid eyes on Opoku. And originally we thought, oh, this is a dude from NYC, the Quadwo Poku. <laughs> we're like, hey, they missed the game. He said Quadwo Opoku. Oh. So we really thought it was the NYCFC player. We we're did. Like, He's in Gibraltar right now. That dude was massive. And we we're like, hey, the dude shrunk. But watching him, we didn't know who he was. Obviously, there was no uh, story. There was no like media guidelines, no anything on him. And getting to watch him play, he stuck out right off the bat. And was like, this is an interesting player. So I'm looking forward to seeing if hopefully we're in there. Uh, looking forward to seeing somebody like that just kind of pop up out of nowhere and, and onto our radar. Uh, Opoku's story is fantastic. How he landed a contract is an amazing piece of of, of an amazing tale of perseverance within its own right. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then, you know, seeing guys like CC and, and Danny and, and some of the players that if they do make the roster or go to Las Vegas, I just want to see players that I haven't seen play. Um, I don't put much stock into the match. I mean, I watched New England play the Galaxy the other day. And the, the biggest takeaway I got from that was I'm really happy Tommy McNamara. That's it. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> They're still trying to figure things out. But to me, I just want to see that young, unproven guy who's fighting for a roster spot that comes out of nowhere and just makes his way on our radar. Look, I got, I got two other quick words for you. Danny Trejo. I'm so excited for this kid. If you go back on our timeline, there was some prediction by some podcast post for – oh, wait, it was me. I actually <laughs> predicted that we would draft Danny Trejo before hey, this I like I that. Did. I said, Danny's the guy. This is the guy you have to watch out for. I am as big of a fan of this kid. Uh, look, here's what I will say to all of your, your listeners and watchers out there. There's a great ESPN documentary about the city of Mendota and their football team from like 2013 or 14. That's really? the same city that Danny Trejo comes from. That's the same city, the same people, the same work ethic. I am so excited that we have this kid, Danny Trejo, on the team. He could be the one, by the way, that takes minutes away from maybe Musovsky and Baird and Torres and Mahala and all these guys. But moreover, I can't I can't imagine how much fun it's going to be to go sit in a kiddie pool, pet a llama, take a two dollar <laughs> and watch Danny Trejo and the rest of the guys. Oh, Las the Vegas lights. He doesn't make the first roster for us. He's going to the lights and I'm going to go see him play as often as I safely can. And I got to ask you something. So you, he did pick Danny Trejo. I picked the kid from Indiana who got drafted maybe two picks before him. Nice. But if there was an LMU guy, I guarantee you would have tried to pick him. No, just, I'm saying I did my saying. research. I did my research. Danny <laughs> Trejo. I you pick the local hey, kid. that and that is amazing because identifying the MLS draft is, is, is a hard one, right? And, and to know <laughs> to know that. So props to you and kudos to you for getting that. And, you know, it. I'm also excited to go see games in Las Vegas, to go see the lights play, you know, because obviously you have Steve Sherano, you have that connection. And I'm very interested to see because now be- before this, they didn't have a, 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 a partnership like they will do now because they, they the play, these players are going to play. It's not like we previous times, like, you know, with Orange County soccer team and then who, who was a Phoenix Rising, right? 
they're going to play and they're going to play the same system. And I think the players that go down there are, are going to benefit from it. And, and they're all going to practice together. That's the other big yeah. thing, right? Like everything is being done at the facility when they're not in the nectar nap room, they're out on the pitch and they're playing with each other, which I think is super important. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, guys, we've been on for more than an hour. Uh, it's always, it's always great. It always feels like this. Hour, I've just felt like this hour flew by. Um, you know, obviously the, the start of season, you know, we're just, we're just weeks away. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys in person again, being out there talking some LAFC. Uh, but let the people know where they can follow you guys at. Absolutely. On uh, Facebook and Instagram at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. So make sure you check us out. Uh, Philly, the Philly underscore DOTB, I think. On Other way, but sure. DOTB underscore Philly. Is that? Yeah, there we go. True. And uh, LAFC underscore the scarf if you want to follow two of us. And pretty soon it's coming. I promise. I've been saying this for a while. Defendersofthebank.com. Very excited. It's coming. And we also have a YouTube channel. YouTube.com backslash Defenders of the Bank. There you go, guys. Make sure to give them a follow. Always a great listen, you know, and also be sure to, you know, watch Philly on TV, you know, doing this thing with Ontario Furry. I'm going to have, hey, when we're back, I'm going to come to the game. I'm going to come to the game. Yo, if we make the finals uh, with San Diego, I don't know for a fact, but there's a good chance there'll be fans allowed in Toyota Arena. Fingers okay. crossed. Let me know. So Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I'll be curious. Awesome. Let me know. I'm, I'm at yeah, that Gio, request. Apply for that press pass. Apply for that press pass. Get in there. I could. I, I should. I should. I should do that. You know, Absolutely. get the VIP you know, experience. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give this a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're listening to this, and if you're watching us, thank you everybody that you know that chat was in the chat. Thursdays typically at 7 p.m. We talk all things LAFC. So join us on YouTube or listen to us on Spotify our apple podcast and you guys can also follow me on twitter at geo garcia la make sure to follow us on la soccer hub on instagram facebook twitter all the social media we're on there so for philly and for scarf and the defenders of the bank this is geo we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody